The following sermon was preached at Christ Fellowship United Methodist Church in San Antonio, Texas. Well, um, last week, Laura Sutton and Sansere were kind enough to be here and preach for me. I was going to take a few days off um, following our annual conference in Corpus Christi, but I just couldn't stay away uh, and came to worship last week and heard their message, and what a blessing it was. So um, first of all, I want to thank them uh, for being here uh, to preach last week, and, and second of all, I want to share uh, with all of you um, my experience during the interactive part of that um, of that message, uh, if you weren't here uh, when they when they went through their uh, their message, they they kind of tag team. They did it together, um, the message together. And there was an interactive part in which they asked us. One of the things they asked us to do was think of a joyous time in our lives, and then thank God for that joyous time, and then spend some time listening to what God had to say to us about that time. Uh, and so as I was thinking about that, I was sitting over here and I was thinking back um, to being in college. When I was in, in college, uh, no longer living at home, um, when I would come home unexpectedly, uh, this was my joy moment. Now my mother passed away when I was about 24 years old. Uh, and, and she was a one-of-a-kind type person. I mean, she was the, the kind of person that never met a stranger. Uh, and, and I can see her uh, when I would pull up to the house, especially if I hadn't called ahead to let her know that I was coming, uh, would, would pull up to the house. And there was, we had a big sliding glass door and a kitchen window. And she was often uh, in the kitchen and could see through those things. And, and when I would pull up unexpectedly, she would go crazy. She would just, I mean, just the epitome of joy. And, and, and I'm going to do my, my uh, mom invita uh, imitation of her. Um, so don't freak out. But, but, but I mean, she, as soon as she saw me, she, and she would always clap. She would, she would do this. And then her arms and legs and everything would go all over the place. And that's just what she would do. She was just crazy with joy like that and, and because she didn't clap like normal people she would hit once and then her arms was throwing stuff out of socket and they might come together again she was just so and I loved to see this reaction from her so it got less and less that I actually called ahead because I loved surprising her with that and that was that was the joy that I was thinking about and thanking God for um, last week, and as I sat there listening to what is it that God would say back to me, what is, what is it that, that I could hear from that, um, I heard God saying to me that although she's passed away, that joy hasn't stopped, that, 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 that she still does that kind of reaction. She still that's still who she is. Um, that's, and, and, and last week that was particularly emotional for me because we had just Friday, the Friday before, celebrated uh, my ordination. And I can only imagine how heaven must have been rocking on uh, Friday night. Now that was at the 9 o'clock service. That was at the 9 a.m. service. And the cool thing is that... Uh, 
that I stuck around for the 11 o'clock service and went through the went through the sermon again and, and got to uh, uh, go through that exercise one more time and and, and the next time I, I, I was I was not meditating on that the next time I was I was thinking about how my family uh, often gathers at our place on Beaver Creek in the hill country uh, where we would where we would play in the creek and I brought a picture I think we have a picture of uh, of that time um, and this is th I mean this this picture hangs on uh, uh, our wall and uh, it's it's just one of the, that's Ethan and Sarah right there that's Ethan on the far right and Sarah these two right here um, and that's just one of those pictures they know this is my favorite picture because it's one that just exudes there's nothing about that photograph that isn't joyous um, I don't think and and uh, um, that's that's the image I had in mind at the 11 o'clock service when I was thinking about that um, and I was thanking God about those times and, and, and the times to come. And what I heard God saying to me then um, was that joy doesn't stop there. Joy doesn't stop at those uh, moments on the creek or wherever they happen to be. And, and that for me, that that wasn't where joy was going to stop. Joy like that continues from generation to generation. And then a moment later, what I realized was that that's certainly true. As, as God led me down this path from seeing my mother's joy to the joy with my family, to the future joy that, that, that even in my mind's eye I can see so clearly being passed from generation to generation, even the joy continues and will continue long after I've passed on. God is the source of our joy. God's given us the gift of each other to share our joy with. And, and on this Father's Day, I want you to know that, that, that the roles that I am most proud of are the roles of, of husband and father, and also the role of, of, of being your pastor. Now, neither one of those roles is particularly easy at times, but there's also no greater satisfaction or joy than these things. And again, God is the source of that joy. And you all are who I'm so grateful that I get to share that joy with. Um, and, and if you were here last week, you know that, that much of what their message was based on was their experience uh, in Christ's joy through something called the Rare Community, which uh, you may have received an invitation. There's an event on July 1st uh, that I want to remind you about. If, if you want to go to it, you can talk to Laura or, or Sanseri about that. I would encourage you to do that. But it's rooted in our joy being God's joy uh, and, and our joy being rooted in Christ. So that's, that's the Father's Day portion of this sermon, we'll move into the scriptural uh, part of this sermon now. As we read from, from Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, Paul gets at the heart of character in this letter to the Romans. Paul even uh, says that he finds joy in suffering, if you want to tie that 
to, uh, to the Father's Day portion of the sermon. Uh, joy, rather hope, he finds even in suffering. You've probably heard before that uh, character is defined by doing the right thing even when nobody is looking. Uh, even when the stakes are high, even when you have difficult choices to make, making those right choices, being a part of that's who you are. I saw on Facebook, uh, speaking of, of choices, difficult choices, I saw on, on Facebook the other day um, this, this question. If you had to choose between eating tacos every day or being thin for the rest of your life, would you choose crunchy or soft? One of my, uh, one of my, fa- I would, I don't know what I would choose. Probably soft. I don't know. Anyway, one of my favorite verses of scripture comes from this, uh, this that we read today. Paul writes, and not only that, but we boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Well, who, who in their right minds wants to suffer? Paul actually says he boasts in his sufferings, but who really wants to do that? Well, Paul, you know, if you've read much of Paul, Paul kind of boasts about everything, but I guess that's what happens when you have the joy of Christ in your heart. But where Paul tells us to boast about our, our sufferings, It seems that these days we do pretty much anything we can to avoid suffering. If you turn on the TV, you'll see ads for different things that will help you achieve goals and do things without much suffering or without much uh, dedication on your part. As a matter of fact, like I said, I I didn't take off necessarily last Sunday, but uh, this past week I took a couple of days off. And we were cleaning out some storage lockers that uh, was long overdue cleaning them out. And I came across, um, speaking of not suffering, wanting to achieve things without suffering, I came across um, some videotapes that we had. How to get in the best shape of your life in just 10 minutes a day. See how that turned out. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it's important that we go through these sufferings. The truth is sometimes pain is necessary and often the result of our our struggle the result of our pain is worth it Um, I'm told that childbirth is painful I don't know for sure but I'm told that childbirth is painful and by the way um, uh, also if you weren't here last week uh, Johnny Silva uh, and his wife Laura um, and their son Jackson welcomed a new baby Uh, they're child was born. Uh, we announced that last week, but uh, there's, we have a picture. Uh, so congratulations uh, to the Silvas on uh, welcoming uh, Knox. Uh, and uh, everybody's healthy. Everybody's uh, happy and doing well. Uh, wanted to share that. But uh, that, that leads me to childbirth, I'm told, is painful. I, I won't pretend to know that childbirth is painful. However, I remember, um, some of you may remember Bill Cosby quoting Carol Burnett, uh, that childbirth is like grabbing your bottom lip and trying to pull it over the top of your head. Um, that's, yeah, kind of gross, but, and I don't know that invoking Bill Cosby uh, in a sermon these days is a good idea, but it's certainly uh, an image that has stuck with me. 
Uh, You know, you can hardly sit through our children's time or come to Vacation Bible School next week uh, at the church and not believe that the pains of childbirth aren't well worth the joy of a child. See, the Apostle uh, Paul knew something, uh, knew a thing or two about suffering. He was uh, shipwrecked twice. He was imprisoned a couple of times. He was beaten. He lost friends. His family disowned him. But he learned through all of these sufferings, uh, they, they produced within, within him uh, an endurance to survive other situations that would come up. And we know that Paul endured situations later in his life. Paul wasn't deterred, though, by those, by those conflicts and by those criticisms and difficulties and sufferings that he met with later. Because, see, he was a survivor of his previous trials, of his uh, previous sufferings in his earlier days, and, and that produced endurance. In our culture, uh, I wouldn't say that endurance is one of our, our strong suits. Um, you know, we change cars pretty rapidly. We change houses uh, with pretty much regularity. Um, we change jobs quite a bit. If you, if you talk to your parents, chances are your parents or grandparents uh, went to bless you went to work right out of school and kept that job for 30 35 years or more in the same company we bounce around you you know that I've bounced around from uh, from job to job and profession to profession before landing uh, what I believe is in my true calling but we we do that marriage is the same way sometimes we don't have the endurance to stick out the difficulties in marriages and, uh, and come out on the other side of those sufferings um, with joy and character and hope through that endurance. Um, you know, athletes know that old adage, no pain, no gain. Sometimes that pain produces so much more than just the growth in the muscles. I, see, <clears throat> you may not know this or, 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 or believe this by looking at me, but I used to do triathlons. Um, I really did. Athletes, uh, you know, know that, that situation of, of having to, to go through different things to, uh, to get to a point in which they can compete or in which they can, can grow and have that endurance because you don't just wake up one morning and say, I think I'll do a triathlon. You've actually got to train to be able to do that. However, and Cliff, didn't you do Try, you, didn't, you just ride the bicycle and stuff. It seems like there's was somebody that uh, I was talking to in the church that does triathlons now. But the thing is, the competitive, the, the competitive age range with triathlons is like from 35 to 45. Because these are the folks that have to actually train uh, and go through that, that, that uh, suffering and the, uh, you know, all of the difficulty in, in able to get to that endurance. The ones that... Uh, uh, you know, the 20-year-olds, they're the ones that do wake up one morning and say, I think I'll do a triathlon this afternoon, and they do it. But <clears throat> the ones that are the competitive about it, that have built that endurance, are the ones that have gone through the struggles and the, and, and the everything, sticking it out and, and uh, going through the pain. Because I don't know how many of you ride bicycles, but <clears throat> there is a certain amount of suffering and, that you have to go through before your rear end gets used to that torture device called 
a bicycle seat. Um, <laughs> that's right. Amen. Um, but sticking out all those struggles, sticking out all of those things, produces that endurance and the, and the pain and the suffering. The reward is then that you get to swim a couple of miles, followed by a 20-mile bike ride, followed by a six-mile run. Maybe that's not the best example. Um, but actually, anyone that has finished a triathlon or gone through any type of endurance training like that can tell you that the feeling of accomplishment when it's done is worth the pain and the suffering and the struggle and the learning and the endurance that it takes to get to that point. Our faith shouldn't be any different. Our lives reflecting God shouldn't be any different. Um, last night, several people from the church went and worked at the uh, taking it to the streets where uh, we feed uh, homeless people. Uh, and more importantly, we visit with the homeless and we shared Christ. And in many cases, Christ was shared with us. I talked to one young man uh, for quite a while, and I, I noticed when, he, when, he, uh, when I first noticed him, he was dancing. He was up and he was dancing around, and it caught my eye because I knew that uh, I was uh, you know, preaching this sermon and, and uh, what I had thought about with my mother and her awkward uh, Elaine Bennis dancing. Um, this, this guy caught my eye with his, uh, with his dancing, so I went over and talked to him, and uh, he began... We, we talked about basketball for a while, um, but then he began telling me about his drug addiction, just opened right up, telling me about his drug addiction, and, and, and he began quoting scripture to me in his struggle, telling, telling me, he said, you know, Paul says we do the thing, the very thing that we don't want to do. We know we shouldn't do it, but we do it anyway, and, and he was expressing to me how how that is a struggle for him and, and he's gone through and he was clean at the time he said because he had gotten out of jail only a few nights before but that was that was a struggle and he was striving for that but but learning from his mistakes and the different things that he's gone through and I don't I don't want to advocate this man's path but hopefully learning to make good decisions based on the poor decisions he's made is one that he'll continue to embrace. And we're all like that, aren't we? We all learn from our mistakes. We learn from our sufferings. So finally, Paul says, suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And we have our hope in Christ. And this is our journey of faith that goes from suffering through those stages to hope. Now, this word that Paul uses, hope, is not, it's, it's not a synonym with wish like we often use it. You know, it's not, it's that, not that synonym type term with wish. I, I hope that I get a raise, or I wish that I get a raise, or I, I hope it rains next Thursday, or I wish it rains next Thursday. But for Paul, this word hope meant certainty. It meant confidence. Faith, see, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Paul says that character leads to confidence. When we become 
people of character. We don't have to wonder if we're doing the right thing or, or thinking the right thing or saying the right thing. When we become people of character, what we think or say or do, when we become people of character, that will simply be extensions of who we are in the image of God. God bless you. You're invited to worship with us at Christ Fellowship United Methodist Church in San Antonio, Texas at 9721 Braun Road. Services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You can find us on Facebook or check us out on the World Wide Web at cfumcsa.org.